this is a way to travel where one of the biggest chunks of expenses is removed. So it was in those first sort of four to six months that we were like, light bulb moment. This doesn't just have to be a way to survive. We could keep doing this and fulfill our dreams of being able to travel. Welcome to Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from me and a bunch of friends who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and uh, I'm feeling a little old as as we I talk with my two uh, pals here. I'm going to introduce you in a second because we just figured out that I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years years, which is pretty wild. Um, and with me today, Nat and Jody, people have been with me this in, basically this entire <laughs> journey and who have been house sitting for nine and a half years. They're going to tell you all about that. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks. I love catching up yet again. <laughs> yet again, one of my oldest friendships in in this world in this entrepreneur digital nomad location independent you know whatever world uh is you guys and and we go way back to what 20 2014 i think you said 2013 yeah, yeah 2014 i think yeah amazing 2014 it is amazing and so what i want to what i want to do here with you all and i'll, I'll give all, all of you listeners a, a little behind the scenes look too is over the next episodes. I don't know how many. That's why I'm just saying I'm leaving it vague. Over the next so many episodes, right? Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to be interviewing people who have been a part of my ecosystem um, and, and throughout my journey. And if you guys listened to the last episode I just did, we talked about seasons of life. And uh, that's a big a big thing that's been bubbling up a lot for me because Jason leaving LI, obviously that ended a season of his life. It started a new season in my life. And so I want to bring people on who have been around for parts of my journey and have had their own journeys to talk about this idea of seasons of life. Because I know if you're listening, you're either entering a new season of life intentionally, right? Like you, you found this somehow because you were searching the internet and saying like, how do I travel the world and work remote or whatever it was, right? Either you're entering intentionally, maybe you're entering unintentionally, maybe your life got upended by something, COVID or loss of a job. And now you're like, I got to figure it out. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, all right, I'm not entering a new season of life yet, but I obviously want to. And your searching has led you to here to this, this community and this podcast where what we're about is helping people transition out of whatever their old life looked like, usually a nine to five job or something more typical into something that gave you a lifestyle of freedom and got you to what we call the triangle freedom, which is financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom. And so with that intro, uh, Nat and Jody have had their journey and I've got to tag along and play along over the last now eight years. And so guys, I want to I wanna just dive into this idea of seasons of life. And you just entered a a brand new, like huge change season of life, right? So talk about the the newest thing that's come up. And then we might backtrack it a little bit and say, how, why did that come up? How did you arrive at this conclusion that you needed to change? Yeah, I think our new season of life is finally having a home base. Um, a lot of people through COVID who were nomadic actually found home bases. 
we were a little bit behind the times. It took us a couple of years to do that still. <laughs> but during COVID, we've been in Mexico. So we've still been traveling all over Mexico. We've probably seen more of Mexico than most Mexicans. But um, yeah, we finally just decided that uh, Guanajuato in Mexico feels like home. Um, and this particular uh, apartment, which actually is owned by one of our homeowners, funnily enough, um, that we house that for yeah, who a few times <laughs> house that for a number of times, but she doesn't use it here, and it's right in the city. It's a stunning place, and we just went, well, what if we just ask her if we can rent the place? <laughs> and she went, yeah, sure, okay. So here we are. Um, but this does end nine and a half years of full time international house sitting back to back house sets. That's been pretty amazing. All right, let, let's break that down because if people are unfamiliar with house sitting, if you haven't heard of Nat and Jody, they are the true OG of house sitting. Like, yes, it existed before them, but did it really? Right. Um, and they have they they've spurred me on to do house sitting. I certainly haven't done it to the level that, that they have. Um, you guys have had probably thousands of people who have found your work, found your stuff, who have been inspired or um have been introduced to house sitting as a way, and in, in my mind, obviously in your mind too, because you just saw probably one of the best ways to, to be able to lead this lifestyle because it is just so beneficial for you and for, for the homeowner. So unpack, you say nine and a half years of international house sitting. If someone doesn't really know what house sitting is or what nine and a half years of international housing looks like, just to unpack that a little bit over the next minute or two? Like, what does that mean? What did you do? Where were you? Well, I'm, I might start the first part because Nat loves answering sort of the bigger part of what house sitting is. But I'll just uh, start with at the point that we went on our very first international house sit, which was in London uh, in the UK. And it was due to a survival mechanism. We actually needed a way to survive. We had left Australia in 2011, gone to Dubai, spent 16 months there, slowly watching everything that we'd worked for in savings and, and building up credit and all that just disappear because of a failed startup business. So house sitting was, was um, just a way to survive to start with. And then, of course, once we realized, once we got to this massive big property in France, uh, right in the, in kind of not far from Bordeaux, but in the Southwest wine region, and we had a 20 meter infinity pool and we didn't even have enough money to get haircuts in the local village. Um, so we were sitting there cutting each other's hair with kitchen scissors, looking around all this abundance going, what if we kept doing this? This is kind of cool. Like what if we get to experience the life of almost like not just the rich and famous because we've housed that for all sorts of people, but um, it's like this is a way to travel where one of the biggest chunks of expenses is removed. So it was in those first sort of four to six months that we were like, light bulb moment. This doesn't just have to be a way to survive. We could keep doing this and fulfill our dreams of being able to travel. So talking yes. about what house sitting is. So house sitting, yes, is coming into somebody's home when they need to go away and that might be for family or whatever reasons, medical reasons. Uh, and you come in and oftentimes they have pets. So probably about 90% of them have pets to look after. And so instead of taking the pet to, you know, um, a kennel or something like that, they keep them settled in their own home, which is terrific for the pets. So it really is a win-win-win situation, oh. um, house sitting. And... Uh, you come in and you don't pay rent generally um, in an international house sit. Um, you, it's just that fair exchange, you know, economy, the sharing economy where 
you stay for free, uh, but you have duties to look after the pets and, and the home and take over pretty much somebody's life, I guess, in some ways. It's a pretty cool experience. Um, but they're all over the world. And so we've literally gone from one place to the next, one country to the next, to take over somebody's home and look after their pets. And it's been pretty damn amazing. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot after nine and a half years, getting that memory bank real quick. What is the most extreme difference in housing that you went to? Like from one to another, what, what sticks out is like, oh my gosh, we were here and now we're like here. <laughs> the biggest one was Nicaragua. We were down there, stinking heat and um, humidity. So it would have been like 90% humidity and I don't we know what, Celsius, it, what it would be in yeah. uh, Fahrenheit, but it was up there. It was really hot. And we went from there. We took one flight to Miami. We didn't leave the airport. So we literally took one flight then to Montreal, and it was minus 28 degrees Celsius, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. And the really home is getting close <laughs> to the Fahrenheit at that level. Yeah. But the homeowner met us at the airport with coats and gloves and scarves. And I just said to you, I'm still wearing like T-shirt and shorts from having done the trip. And I said, just give me one minute. I just need to run outside and feel what it feels like to be at minus 28. Like I've never even contemplated what that would be like. So that had, was extreme. So we dropped 60 degrees in like one flight pretty much in a couple of hours. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. And- no. <laughs> you guys, I mean, you have, we won't dive too much into housing. Obviously, there's a big part of your life. Still will be going forward just in, in a different way. But, um, you I, following your journey with house sits always makes me envious in a in a positive way, but I'm always like, oh man, you know, I've done some of it and had great experiences. We did it out in Breckenridge, Colorado together. Like, you know, the house sitting I've done has always been amazing. But yeah, I remember that that one in France with the infinity pool. I think it's where we first met, or maybe I saw a picture from from before, and I was like, oh yeah, this is why they got hooked on this. I mean, uh, this is, I didn't know the story that you were cutting your own hair, though. That is truly right, the life of a pauper. And a, and, a, and a princess at that point. Um, that, is, that is pretty awesome. So just to wrap up the house sitting part, if you guys are unfamiliar with house sitting, um, it is, I've done it. It's incredible. Nat and Jody have, as they said, nine and a half years straight around the world, every region, basically every climate, every type of house. Sit. So where should they go if they're like, all right, this is new to me. This sounds awesome. I want my new season of life to involve house sitting. Give them where to go just to find, to just get started. Just get our books. So, and this is actually part of the story because in 2014, uh, when we first met Jason, we were on the Zero to Travel podcast. Uh, that led us to you. And then, you know, everything that evolved from there Paradise Packs and LIs and all that stuff. But along the way, um, he, one of his entrepreneurial ventures was to look at publishing books. So we actually uh, did take our course that we already had and, um, you know, put it into a book format. Um, and then recently, with Jason's permission, we've actually removed it from being on sale on Amazon and it's now for free. So you can literally just download the book you know, that was basically created by Zero to Travel from the content that we had in our course. Um, and that's at internationalhousesitting.com. Okay. International house. I didn't know it was free now. There you guys go. I mean, talk about a new season of life, right? I remember yep. when that journey started and now, yeah, now we've come full circle here. All right. So you, you were house sitting nine and a half years, lots of amazing experiences. Um, one of the things I think about this idea of seasons and I, why I like calling it seasons of life is that it's not, it's not always just cut and dry. Like, you know, in the seasons, there's a date on the calendar, like now it's fall, now it's winter, now it's summer. But 
we know that just because the date on the calendar says it's fall doesn't mean it always feels like fall. Maybe it yeah. felt like fall week before. Maybe summer comes back, you know, and you have an Indian summer or whatever. And so I think there is a lot more kind of gray area and, and room, right, for seasons of life where you can usually point to in hindsight, usually, maybe not in the moment, a definitive moment of like, okay, this was a breaking point, but it didn't just mean everything changed right away or, or you know, everything was different. For you all, this new season of life, nine and a half years on the road, you know, every couple months or sometimes every couple weeks, changing, going somewhere else, setting up new houses, coming back to older houses, where you now said, all right, we need a home base. How long did that process take you? Like, was this something you've been talking about for a couple of years and then COVID kind of pushed it forward? Or is there a, whoop, nope, this is why it happened. 13th of September, 2021. <laughs> the date on the calendar one. Yeah. date on the calendar. It changed everything. Yes. Uh, we're actually here in Guanajuato, same, same city. And we were up the hill and we'd been on a six month house set, one of our longest house sets. Uh, it was the second time we had done that house set. And I was out walking five dogs, same road I'd walked all six months. And we came around a corner and met another lady with two dogs. And there was a big kerfuffle with the dogs. And one of our, one of ours ran past me and her dog ran into me um, and hit me straight in the knee, on the side of the knee with its head, believe it or not, and actually broke my leg. So there I am on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere in the mountains with only people that spoke Spanish and just try, trying to assemble some like, a, a Spanish word to go and say, please go and get Jody from the house and bring the car. Um, yeah, that was a massive shift for us. Um, it, it literally changed everything from from there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, there was uh, there's sort of two defining dates in, in our experience. Um, one of them was in 2019 and the other one was this one. But this, this one is the most important one because this is what literally knocked Nat off her feet <laughs> to stop her from constantly hustling because everything that that like we'd been in such survival mode for our whole entire experience. And, you know, you talk about your triangle. We had two of them laid out 100% all good. We yep. hadn't nailed the finances. Yep. Time we, and location. You guys were we, like, yeah, yep. no worries. <laughs> we, we were surviving from place to place going, look at where we are. This is amazing. But have we got enough money to get to the next place? And then what do we need to do to that? So there was always this hustle kind of mentality. Um we were, but at the same time, we were kind of spinning wheels a lot. It felt like we were working all the time, but I'm not sure we were super productive all the time. <laughs> but this, this literal German shepherd's concrete head that has <laughs> smashed her tibia, uh, broken her leg, meant that she had to physically stop. And then that gave the space to start mentally stopping. And I know for me, it had mentally it had started happening a few months beforehand. I got into puzzles. I was sitting up at the top of this hill with the most magnificent view, sitting there doing puzzles and just really being present with it, going, I like this. I like this slowing down thing because it was giving me a lot more clarity on, mm. you know, 
how to be creative and whatever. So I'd already sort of started the slowing down thing. Matt obviously needed a bit more of a wake up call. A very physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed you need some external factor to come in. The concrete head of a German Shepherd, right? Jody's cool with puzzles, right? Yeah, yeah. she's doing jigsaw puzzles, and I'm working my and, ass off. And she's getting annoyed with me. <laughs> I'm like, you can't send me retire. We don't have any money. <laughs> so then um, we kind of had this this wake up moment uh, a couple of months later. You know, starting on the healing process. And we often say in the house sitting space that, as Nat said, it's probably 90% of house sits come with pets. Um, And yet we knew that Nat wasn't going to be able to handle pets, you know, at least not maybe cats, but not big dogs. So we did one more house sit with a a dog at Christmas time. Um, I did the walking, obviously. And then we ended up having eight months or, or at least seven months of no pets all over Mexico. So we went from the Yucatan um, back into San Miguel de Allende and over to Mazatlan, finishing our last house set with nine and a half weeks, funnily enough, for nine and a half years. But um, there was no pets with that. So all of that was like this alignment type of thing happening where we started to get this experience of not having as much responsibility as what we'd had for nine and a half years. And it sort of started to, I guess, instigate this feeling of what if, we, what if it's time to do different types of travel where you could have a few things? And I guess the other thing was back in Christmas time, we bought a car. So that mm. that really, I guess, was the start of this slowing down thing. Um, but, yeah, just to have this different experience of owning a few more things. We've got a Nutribullet and now we've got a few <laughs> extra clothes and yoga mat and these kind of things. Um, and, yeah, it just started shifting to being we want to do different types of travel. And it's it's amazing. Even just now, we're about to go to Mexico City for a few days. And it's a weird thing in the head to go, we don't have to pack up everything and move. We literally can just take a few items of clothing and go. And we can just go whenever we want or we can stay yep. out flight, you know, like we just not had that experience before. <laughs> and that is, you know, that's the one drawback to, to house sitting. And for me, one of the reasons why we haven't done it that much, especially with two young kids, is yeah. that you're going to usually you're going to have responsibilities. As you guys mentioned, usually it's going to come with pets. And that means maybe you can go overnight somewhere, but typically it's like you're tied to that area. Now it's infinity pools in France. Sometimes it's five bedroom houses in Breckenridge. Like we had with hot tubs, you know, those ties are not always bad, but you have to ask yourself, do I still want that? Like, is that what is best for me? And it's kind of neat for me to see that even though, like, again, we're talking season life, even though there's a definitive date, right? The date that that German shepherd rammed into your, into your leg and changed everything. It's still a gradual thing because you then went to houses that had no pets and we're like, Oh, this is what it would be like Hmm. if we didn't have those responsibilities. Oh yeah. We, we are ready for this. Like we are, done kind of being tied to to even though it's a, a fun thing maybe to have pets and even though it's a small responsibility in the grand scheme it's still something that for nine and a half years it's like compounding right it's like well we've done it every day for nine and a half years yeah. we need a break you know i definitely was feeling that i needed a break um and a change of pace um a change of of a way to travel sort of thing and have less responsibility to be able to go out at night or chuff off in the car to Mexico City for three or four days. Like I really wanted that experience now. So, yeah, that was definitely a big change. The other side of what had happened last year in September with Nat's accident and the few months following is we also got to have a direct experience of earning more by doing less. So Mm. that was another, we needed that direct experience to say you can stop the hustle wheels 
and just do some more productive and focused work. So it, it for us, it really took taking the title. We were changing our title. We've changed it now three times, I feel. Um, we've changed our title at the end of last year to being semi-retired because it okay. felt right. It was like we're still lifestyle first. We're still digital nomads, but we're, we're, we're almost having to embed into ourselves. You're not working all the time like you were. You know, we kind of had to punch that into the computer mm. a little bit. And now that we've just moved here, I mean, we've only been here three weeks um, in this little pad. We had so much funny, so much fun, you know, doing the nesting thing and buying things and whatever else. But now it's like I had this wake up call going, the digital nomad is now shifting to being a semi-retired expat. Now that's mm. a different thing. And it means that we can still be help out house sitters as opposed mm. to international full-time house sitters. So all these labels they do have an impact. You know, they do actually impact how you feel about what it is that you do. And I think those labels at times can be scary, but also can be liberating, right? Like so often, I remember before I knew the term digital nomad location independent, I was teaching. And again, talk about a season of life. You know, I think in for most people, the first 18, 20, 22 years, your seasons of life, for, for the majority of people, the, you know, who have a, kind of regular upbringing, it, it's defined for you, right? It's like, okay, now you're going to elementary school, then middle school, then high school, then you might go into college. Some people do, some people don't, but it's a, it's a pretty standard route for a lot of people. And you're not really calling the shots. It's just how it is. Now, I know there are people out there who live a different type of lifestyle and that's fine, but we're just talking traditionally. But after that, it becomes this idea of like, now you're, now you're in a work, right? And it's like, well, that's season, is that season of life 30, 40 years? Like, there might be mini seasons, you get promotions, you change jobs, but it's like that from a macro sense, it's just one long season for a lot of people. And I think what our generation and then younger generations is learning is like, well, that's way too long. Like, you know, that 30 years in one season is is too long. I might want to work, but I certainly want to change the way I do it. Maybe I, maybe I work hard for a couple of years and then take a sabbatical, right? Whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, or, or become semi-retired or expat or blah, 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 blah. That makes me think it's like very early in the piece when we started doing the house sitting course um, and, you know, helping people out, we would say to them, consider it an adult gap year. Go and try it out first because not mm. everybody is suited to house sitting. But until you have a direct experience, you're not going to know if it's right for you. And maybe have it as a mix-up, like go and plan a year's worth of travel, throw a couple of house sits in between because I guarantee, I mean, our friends Mike and Anne, you know, when they, they, they'd done this couple of years of back-to-back -back crazy adventures everywhere, and when they finally got into a house sit and stopped and sat down and went, oh, I've got a washing machine. I can just wash whenever I like, you know, oh, oh, there's a kitchen I can cook. Oh, and there's some pet love and I can sit and write the book that we're going to get engaged to start writing. So it's like, yeah. Yep. It, yeah. What was their thing? They right. were averaging changing, changing locations every three days. And even at my heyday of travel, that would have exhausted me, let alone over years, right, uh, of, of doing it. Now, you mentioned, Jody, you said, Nat's injury was the big one, but there was also something in 2019 and then you like left it hanging. And I was like, what is that? Is this something I know, something I don't? So what was that first seed that that was germinating maybe in 2019 that's that got you to think things might change at some point? Oh, no, they didn't might. They did. <laughs> OK, so what, what had happened was our very first um, no pet sit 
So we purposely had gone pets, 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 all the way from, you know, the start of 2013 until middle 2019, always okay. with pets. And we took a two-month-long house sit in Singapore to pretty much just look after the fridge and the plants because humidity <laughs> and electric storms. And, and this place was gorgeous. And it was a beautiful place in a, a complex. They gave us an awesome car to drive. So we had two months there. And it was almost as if that, that shift in routine became a little bit of a shift in our awareness where we're like, well, we don't have this pet love or, or responsibilities to the degree that it has. We've got sort of too much time in our hands. And when Nat started looking at me going, I don't know, I think we need to break up. <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then... Thankfully, we, we've been on enough of a conscious journey ourselves, yes, even how we met in the in the first stages, but um, we broke it right down. And what it came down to is little Miss ADD here needed to break up from our house sitting business, like the education business. Okay. She'd had enough and needed to change directions. But when she first went, I need to break up, it was like, there was a component of her it going, was, we yeah. need to actually take separate paths for a little while. Yeah. But once we got down to the fact that we were breaking up the business, so I kept going with the house sitting stuff and that veered off and started doing her own entrepreneurial journeys, which led to many different things, totally suiting her ADD right through <laughs> until the accident. Because what had happened, it had started building, 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 and she was getting super, super creative and all these ideas and all these things and all the stuff was happening with business partnerships and all this stuff. And then bang, hit, and then she had to sort of lay down and go, what do I really want? I don't mm. know if I do all this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you were like, you were in essence, and I said this to someone the other day, like you were back at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey because mm -hmm. you were now doing it on your own. And it, it, yeah, I remember the beginning for me, for most people, it's like, it's just, it's exhilarating, it's intoxicating and it's exhausting because you don't know what you want to do. And so you're just trying so much and it's fun, but you, you, you know, now knowing what I know 10 years later, I, I know that doing it that way just, is very difficult. Like it, it, not that you don't want to be excited and all that. Of course you do, but doing it with a little more maybe thought and 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 like you said like like just slowing down a little bit and and you were forced to slow down really helps in the beginning because a lot of the stuff you're doing is just out of pure excitement, but it might not be the thing that you actually can see doing for any yeah. length of time. It's true actually. And Jody kept sort of tuning in and saying you sure you want to do this? Because we were doing Amazon business and then I moved into NFTs and putting that onto merchandise. And you did coaching as well. And coaching, I was working, all, that was that business with one business. You're just doing like the triumvirate of, of digital nomads here, right? I know, but it was good because I'm glad I explored those things. Like I, I, in retrospect, it's like they're things that I was actually really interested to explore. So I'm glad I did it for a while, but it was also time to stop. Um, and just pull it back in and come back into us as a couple and our lifestyle again because I, I definitely had lost sight of that. So she had to ask me if she could work with me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Heather and I have been there where it's like, are we working together? Are you working <laughs> for me? Am I working for you? But it's important. Like we yeah. talked about labels, it's also important sometimes to define that because it gives it structure. And I think, you know, we kind of got off the topic of labels just to wrap that idea up. Labels can, can be inhibiting at times, but they can also be freeing because it, it 
gives you something. Like when I started, I didn't know digital nomads. I didn't know no location independence. I just knew I wanted something different from a traditional high school teaching job, but I had no idea what that meant. I mean, I had heard the term entrepreneur, of course, but that was just a very abstract, big yeah. word for a thousand different types of things you could do. And I remember hearing like the term like digital nomad and that kind of res that resonating for sure. And then when we started throwing around location independence, it's like, well, that even resonates e even more because that's what I want. I, I want it independence. And then, you know, over six, seven years, it's coming to the triangle of freedom. And now when I say, I'm like, yes, that is what I'm shooting for. Like putting a label on it allows me to say, that's, that's, that's what I want. And so I think, you know, just the awareness of terms and being able to label yourself something gives you a, a clearer pathway at times. Like now that you guys say, all right, we're semi-retired expats. Well, okay, you can go find a model and people who are semi-retired expats that you can model after that you can ask questions of. But if you're just saying, huh, we're living in Mexico, we're kind of working, we're kind of not, do we want to stay? Then it's like, well, who are you looking for, right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because I wanted to wrap this up by going back and then forward, all right? So the going back part, you know, we've talked about the the chunk of life that that I have known you guys as the international house sitters, Nat and Jody. I didn't know the 2019 story of Nat trying to break up with Jody, so we got some dirt here, guys. I'm learning oh. for the first time too. But um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. But I want to take it back because for a lot of people listening, they might not even be at the 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 first breaking point of breaking out of the traditional mold that they are in, which is usually. The vessel of that is usually the thing holding them back is usually a job, a traditional job where someone in their life, spouse or them have this kind of set, normal working gig. In a, in a shortened version, what got you guys out of that season of life? Because both of you were in that season. You were in a regular working job that you could have just stayed in Australia for the rest of your life. And some of your friends from those jobs, I'm sure have. And, you know, they've just kind of continued down the path. What was the first breaking point for you guys to decide to, to get out of that? I guess for me, it goes yeah. back to the, um, it was actually 2006 was my first introduction to personal development. And in 2008, I did go from full-time employment back to part-time employment to start focusing on this internet marketing career that would be, you know, replacing my income. Like I still hadn't got there, but it was the goal. And it was just, it was just this sort of feeling of like, wow, freedom. It's amazing. This is what I want. And coming from a bit of an entrepreneurial family, um, it just, it felt natural for me in the way that I was going. And, and I never really questioned it. It was just sort of a lot of a flow thing, but it definitely started with personal development. It was like, it was like the personal development gave me the courage to sort of do the next thing that I hadn't quite thought of before. I mean, I'd always been pretty ad hoc with jobs. Like I, I changed jobs quite often because I was in tourism and accommodation management. So the grass is always greener. You know, when you come mm. from that background, the grass is always greener. Off we go, next place, next place. But it was always like a couple of years at a time. Whereas with Nat, she had such a different background and pretty much hated computers by the time we mm -hmm. met. <laughs> um, so her... Her experience, I'll let her talk about because it was so entirely different from mine. Um, yes, I had 13 years in the Australian Federal Police, so that was my career. Uh, and then it just got to a stage where my husband at the time, um, just it wasn't working out with me being away all the time, so I ended up 
asking for time off. They didn't give it to me, so I ended up leaving the job. And then I left him three months later. Um, and about three weeks later, I started on personal development, same thing, so uh, consciousness journey. And it sort of really hit me. It was initially to get over that whole period of giving up a career that I had wanted since I was a kid and leaving him at the same time, like literally, you know, there's two things happening at once was such a massive change that I felt like I just was totally lost. So I spent, I don't know, maybe the next few years, really, like I went to New Zealand for nine months and just sort of wandered around there. And then I came back to Australia and it really was a lost period for quite a few years um, of just trying to find what I was doing. And then I ended up doing courier driving for a while because in the background, the whole thing was travel. That was another thing as well that was really, um, you know, at me sort of thing, travel, travel, travel. And that was my way of traveling. I didn't have any money. So it was just like, oh, I'll do courier driving around Sydney and that'll get me out and about. And at least I'll see Sydney. So it was good. Like I enjoyed doing that. But then Jodie and I met through a, you know, consciousness personal development course. And I think a lot of the ideas that I had had, because I was very up in my head about the ideas, but I didn't know how to bring them into reality. And I think that's where Jodie sort of clicked a little bit and we sort of started doing things, um, which made a big difference. So I guess the short answer is uh, for us in our journey, it was the, the personal development opened the doorway to have belief in the possibility of doing something we really loved. And it took a fair bit to identify the travel was so important. But even when we first left Australia to go to Dubai, it was in order to travel, but we were still locked into the box of, oh, but we need to have a job or a business or something in order to. And we think about it now, if that business hadn't have failed, we would have been stuck in the sandpit taking like weekends away and mm. would never have had this incredible journey that we've had over the last nine and a half years mm. to get to this point. So everything sort of happens for a reason, but every little creak or light that shines through the door just be aware of it and take notice of it because um, you never know what is leading you to Google to type something in or what is what sort of, you know, life-changing experience you need to heal from. Um, but I, I 100% believe that but that's the reason why we got the courage to do what we what we did. And living more authentically. I think that was my big thing was, you know, mm. spending, like even just being with Jodie, you know, like, being in a same-sex relationship, was that always there in my life? I don't know, um, you know, because I was with guys before that. So it's sort of like that my next part of my journey was to be more authentic in that, that space, um, mm. which was a massive thing in our family coming from a religious background. So, yeah, and then, you know, taking that step of, no, travel is actually really important for us um, and to stumble almost into it type thing. It's just like sit there in France in this multi-million dollar property with two cents to our name pretty much and just go, oh, my God, we're actually living our dream lifestyle. How did we get here? <laughs> if, if someone is at that point and, and you kind of did give some advice like with the personal development and, and getting the courage, but if someone is at that point where you guys were at, where you're like, okay, I know I need to change it doesn't have to happen overnight, but I know that I'm not going to continue down this path. I'm not going to be in your case now in the federal police, you know, you're 13 years in. So what another 10, 15 years, right? I'm not, I just, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. What would you like? What is one thing that you would just urge them to do if they are sitting there right now saying like, all right, I know I'm going to change a season of life, but I just, I don't even know what the next one looks like. Well, I'm going to give you a real life example with who's sitting upstairs in our place at the moment. 
five years ago in 2017, uh, we met Stacey King online via the Paradise Pack and Location Indie. Mm-hmm. And she was back in New Zealand, having just finished her PhD in marine biology, knowing that she needed to get back to travel once the kids were old enough to, you know, finish high school and um, be able to be on their own. So she had this plan and this plan was, you know, free to buy 50, she called it. So it was going to take another three or four years to get there. And um, yeah, it, it, exactly her story is she surrounded herself with the people that were living the life that she wanted to live. Like she's just turned up last night saying, do you, do you get the feeling I'm stalking you? And I'm like, well, hang on. Like, no, <laughs> we're friends. But, <laughs> but now yeah. that you're asking that, wait a second. We met you in Bangkok and, yes, we've been to a few places. But, yeah, it's the surrounding yourself with, with the mm. people that are either doing it or wanting to do it. I think that mm. because your, your family and friends of where you come from just may not get it. Um, yeah, it may not be their path. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that is... The best advice I could give people too is just start surrounding yourself with people. And if you don't know anyone, find someone and reach out, right? Find a community of people who are doing it. Obviously, if, if you're interested in location independence, location indies there for you. There's other communities out there for you as well. If you know one person who's doing it, as Stacy did, like cling on to them and you know, feel free and ask them questions. And you know, 99% of people who have gotten out of uh, that situation, right? will be there to support you. That's why we started Location Indie from the very beginning. That's why we had the Paradise Pack. That's why we want to surround ourselves with you and everyone else who's been a part of our ecosystem because it's like, well, if they've done it, they want to help other people because they understand how transformational it can be. And they also understand how sometimes and use this word now, like like hopeless or helpless, it feels like when you're just, you're there and you're like, I know I need something, but I don't, you call it the lost years, right? Like why... Do people need to have lost years? Why can't they just get on a path a little sooner with some support of people to help them get there? I mean, not, yeah. not that it's going to snap your fingers, it's going to happen, but you're going to at least have models to to follow and people to support you along the way. I think that would have helped me for sure because I knew that I wanted to travel, but I just didn't know how. When, yeah, when and like, what does that mean, right? What does that even mean? Like, all I saw was because Parents, all I knew... Yeah was all I saw was holiday homes around the world. And I, mm. I don't even know what that meant. But then funnily enough, into our house sitting journey, I went, oh, crap, that's not actually what we've got. Like, we don't actually even have to own them. <laughs> we can just go to other people's houses. So they're literally like holiday homes all over the world. And I was like, oh, I actually ended up living that. But it was totally different to what I expected because I thought I would have to buy them. Mm. Um, well, the other side was I was thinking about the travel aspect. You, you just don't think the travel can be as affordable as it is when your direct experience is, mm. say, your parents taking a $10,000 three-week holiday. Yes. Mm. And you're like, oh, is that what travel costs? And, you know, the few times it maybe you did take a vacation and take a, a travel experience that you saved up for and, and you buy all your souvenirs and all your stuff and you bring it all home and you plan the next one. Um, when that's your reality or that's the reality of the people around you, there's just no awareness that, the travel lifestyle can actually be super affordable. Um, and maybe you don't need to be working straight away, but start to get your feet wet in a few of these things to say, if it's just right for you, it's a bit like that adult gap year thing again, you know, have a bit of a play around with location in- independent um, working and, and living before going traveling or go traveling and then start dabbling into it. If you want to keep going, you know, it's like 
there's all these different pathways for everybody. Because I think once you start traveling, the opportunities open up. Like mm. how many times we've been Tra- offered by homeowners to have just go to their holiday house or why don't you just come back here whenever you want, whenever we're away type thing. Like this place here, you know, we're actually paying $2,000 for the year for rent because we know the lady. <laughs> so you that one train. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Someone was in this house and she had to pay all the bills on it. So we just went, okay, let's get creative about this. We said it to ourselves. Let's get creative about this. Let's sell it back to her almost. Um, and we went, okay, what would she need? And it's like, okay, someone here to look after it because no one's here and it's, you know, starting to become a bit decrepit if we don't have someone here. She's paying all the bills. Let's take over those. And we just went, what if we did that for $2,000 for the year? And she went, awesome. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I was like, responsibility taken offer. <laughs> I was like, awesome. <laughs> there we go. All right, we're set. And and I think this is what you start to understand in an entrepreneurial sense and a travel sense, as you mentioned, once you get out there, there's opportunities that are unfathomable when you're sitting at, at home on your couch or at your desk, because you just wouldn't know. No one would be able to, say, even I'm astounded when you say $2,000 or uh, a year. If someone said to you, yeah, you just go live in Mexico on this sweet pad for $2,000 a year, be like, no, that's not possible. I looked on Airbnb. It's like $100 a night. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's because that's your reality. And you know, you don't know what you don't know. You guys have, have spent some time and effort making these connections that now could afford you very cheap accommodations if you take people up on it for the rest of your life, if you want it. Um, which is pretty astounding. Um, all right. So I, I want to wrap it up real quick on, you've kind of touched on what the future is, but what do you, one of the interesting things I think about once you start becoming a tune of seasons of life is one, you can look back and, and kind of see with hindsight where these ebbs and flows and changes happen, which I love doing. And I've done with my own journey quite a bit in, even in the last four or five months as I've really started to, to think on a lot of stuff. But also it then allows you to think ahead because you're saying, hey, I know another season will come at some point. I don't maybe know what it'll look like, but let me be intentional and maybe creating it. So for you all, what do you like? Let's future pace a little bit. And I always hated when people said, give me your five year plan or your 10 year plan, because I always thought it had to be like business plan. But as you guys said, like it doesn't have to be like, what's the what kind of seems to to catch your interest over the next couple of years? What do you think it'll look like? Well, I'm I'm the visionary out of both. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I see us being here in Mexico till 2025 because we actually have our temporary residence visa here because of COVID. We were still here. We had to come up with some solution to not have to leave the country. So we ended up taking a four-year temporary visa. So that's up in 2025. And then I see us going to um, northern Italy to the Lakes District up there and doing the same thing, uh, having a base up there to then open up Europe to us to travel all over Europe, have a car, have a nice home base, uh, whether we buy it or we um, just rent it. I don't know yet. Find a mate's rates. Mate's rates somewhere. Where <laughs> yeah, you- $2,000 a year <laughs> sounds good anywhere. I mean, come on. <laughs> Why buy when you can do that? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just use that as a base to then have a car and travel all through Europe. That's what I see, I'm hoping that Jody's on board. Well, um, it, with it. <laughs> it's quite interesting because it's sort of, um, you know, I've lived most of, most of my life with not really seeing past the following weekend. So when you say when people ask those questions of five year, ten years, I used to do the same thing. It would only ever be about business, which was like, well, I've got no idea, kind of thing. Like I, yep. I can't do that kind of planning. Um, but 
recently, again, sort of part of the personal development thing, um, we heard this conversation that that really showed how time can be manipulated and influenced, and that that future scaping thing. Um, I'm actually now starting to learn how to do that. So with Nat's direction of this Italy thing, I'm just slowly starting to feel into it going like, yeah, it's a big step for me to look to head to three years, which is 2025. Um, but I have such a vision of where we want to be with our investments, particularly in crypto with the stuff that's going to be happening by then that I'm now starting to feel into. Mm-hmm. This yep. is possible. This is actually possible. We could have this in in Europe, in Italy, um, yep. and be able to explore Europe by that stage um, in more depth. In, in more depth, we've done house sits there before yeah. a few times, but not with that that total freedom of of getting around. It's a funky mindset shift that I've gone through too, with like being so adverse to to trying to plan anything out. Right? You guys know me, and people who listen know me, and and you guys are very much the same. It's like spur of the moment, this and that, whatever feels good, you know. Like, and you guys, I mean, you did it even with me, like living in houses for nine and a half years, I know that you got to a point where over time you were planning them much more out than you had in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it's a very uh, transient kind of loose lifestyle. And, Good, and I'm yeah. still supportive and like that. But I also have found a lot of value in putting some structure in. And and even like four or five years down the road, what do we want? Okay. Do we want to be semi-retired in four or five years? What does that look like? Where do we want to live? You know, having kids is like, all right, are they going to be in school? Are they not going to be in school? You know, I mean, obviously they'll do schooling somehow. Right. But it's like, you know, I'm with you. I always thought it was business. And that always scared me because I didn't know what I'd want to be doing from business sense. But I think when I think of it as a lifestyle sense, it makes it's more freeing. Oh yeah, Italy for a year or two does sound pretty nice. Okay, what's the, what's going to happen with the business? I don't know, but I let me think of the fun. You know, in our minds, the fun side of it, which is the lifestyle side. So I urge people to do that if you're listening. And we're going to keep talking with other people about seasons of life. So this will be a theme that keeps coming up, and you'll hear me kind of hammer this stuff home as I work through it myself. But I, I, you know, realize that all of you will go through seasons of life. Like it's already happened, um, whether you're aware of it or not. As you mentioned, some will be intentional, some will be unintentional, like a dog running into your leg, right? Uh, some will be by your own choosing, some will not be by your own choosing, some will be huge changes in seasons of life, some will be a little more mellow, gradual, and only kind of looking back where you realize that there was a, a, a precipice there and that you you changed, right? And uh, and all of that is okay, but just being aware that it, it it's going to happen. And uh, I think being intentional about it allows you to then, you know, take back control of your life, which is really what we've always preached. Like, try to take control of your life, be proactive versus reactive. And if you're calling the shots with the seasons, it's usually going to end up better for you because you're, you know, you're the one who gets to decide. Oh, Italy, a couple of years in Italy, Northern Italy. I'll take you guys up on that. <laughs> Give me a mate's rate for two thousand a year, and I'm there. I'm there tomorrow. Um, <laughs> So just be aware of that. So Nat and Jody, thank you. I mean, honestly, this was super enlightening to me because I got to learn more of your journey. Like there were a lot of pieces I knew and a lot I didn't. So I just can't thank you guys enough for always just bringing the transparency, the openness and the honesty to this world of sometimes maybe people can get the idea that it's all perfect, all glamorous. Everyone's making a ton of money. You know, everyone has it all figured out. And you guys like us, that's why we call it unfiltered behind the scenes, no whole boards. Look, it's like, no, there's stuff that happens that we want you to be aware of. 
so that you're when it happens to you, if you take this journey, you're not sitting there saying, what's wrong with me? It's like, no, it's happening to everyone. So thank you guys for always bringing the heat with that. I, I appreciate it. You're very That's welcome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> if you guys want to know more about International House, it's internationalhousesitting.com, correct? That's where the free book is. Yeah, yeah. Correct. that's where the free book is. And then what about if they just want to follow along with your journey? Is that a good place to start? Will that direct them to other uh, places? Yeah, probably, um, you know, it's quite, this is a whole other conversation for another time, but um, we've held on to a domain name since 2015 and did nothing with it. And we now just have a little navigational path on roamingincome.com. Roamingincome.com. Uh, so, cool. yeah, it, it's our version of Location Indie Digital Nomad. But, yes, it's roamingincome.com. That'll hook you up to wherever we are and things. have the book there and all of that stuff as well. And we will keep bringing Nat and Jody into the ecosystem. No, they haven't got rid of us in eight years, so they're not getting, <laughs> they're not getting rid of it now. Um, thank you, guys. If, if you guys are listening and, and this is one of your first times listening or you haven't gone to the website yet, check out locationindie.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Every week we put stuff out you know, tips and tricks and and kind of stuff from around the web and, and stuff that we found to help you lead this location independent lifestyle to get to the triangle of freedom of financial freedom, location freedom, and time freedom. So check that out, locationindie.com. Go sign up for the newsletter, become part of part of the crew there, and you will hear more from that and Jody. So thank you guys. I can't wait to check out this pad. I mean, just looking if you're listening on audio, well, all of you are listening on audio. Uh, they've got like this amazing like stone wall behind them. It just, it looks gorgeous from right now. And I've seen your views on Facebook and I know that you've got some awesome views. So maybe the best $2,000 a year uh, apartment in the world. Uh, can we make that claim? It's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's got to be up there. It's grand. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Um, thank you for taking the time and uh, go have some fun out there in Mexico City over the next couple of days. Thanks, Trev. We're ready. Bye, guys.